Hello, my name is Brent Dundor. I identify as cisgendered and I use he, him, his pronouns. I'm a commercial photographer in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a fine artist and activist, and I'm also the proud producer of theythemproject.org. They Them Project interviews non-binary individuals, offering a platform for them to be seen and heard, while informing and educating everyone on how words and actions affect the trans plus community. Hello to everyone listening. I'm very excited today to reintroduce you to Yoni, who happens to be the very first person I ever officially interviewed for this project. Uh, Yoni, thank you for being here today. I always like to start each interview showing people how easy it is to share pronouns and how that gives others a space to do so as well. So my name is Brent Dundor. I'm a photographer based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I also produce the They Them Project. I identify as cisgendered and I use he, him, his pronouns. Awesome. Hey, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Hi again, Yoni. <laughs> um, my name is Yoni Tamang and uh, I am also based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I'm a writer, I'm an artist, I'm a DJ, and uh, uh, a medical practitioner as well. Um, I identify as gender non-conforming, and um, I use any pronouns that are respectful. So he, she, they, it's all it's all good to me. Okay. Um, and only because it's been a year and a half, are those the same pronouns that you were using that long ago? No, I honestly can't remember. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that probably since that time, it's it's changed a lot, but maybe it came back to the same place that it started okay. <laughs> before. Well, I'd like to get into that. Um, before I, I start asking the regular questions that I have now like adapted to and figured out of like the right way to ask questions over the last year and a half, sure. before I get into that, I always like to explain... Uh, why I started the project and um, why I continue to do it. So I started They Them Project to challenge my own ignorance on gender uh, and to document my journey to better understand and embrace people who are gender nonconforming like yourself. I now do the project in hope of educating uh, anyone who listens and to offer a platform to non-binary individuals to tell their stories and to be seen and heard. Um, it's important to me to remind anyone that is listening to this how important it is to share the project because ultimately the only way that it's going to reach people who maybe haven't started to understand gender is by people sharing it so that it keeps growing. Mm -hmm. um, so share the project. <laughs> uh, Yoni, do you have any questions for me before we get started? Um, I mean, maybe you can tell me a little bit about how big the project has grown since since you did me first. Okay. Um, like, how many participants have you had? Um, have you, you mentioned a little bit of, like, intention to travel with it? But, you know, how is that manifested? So the project has grown because it's gone from what was originally going to be a photo project, which you really helped me with, to saying, okay, maybe I should be recording these questions and answers. That became a video project where I still took pictures of people. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, okay, when I edit the video people really are not going to listen to something um probably 95 percent of people are not going to listen to something for longer than two minutes and through instagram and everything else it's like 15 seconds so when i have these interviews with people and i'm asking them questions that um, they get to share themselves i don't like the idea of having to edit it down I don't want to take away from anything that anyone has to say through this project. So that's where it became podcasts. Yeah. Well, what have you seen of, I guess, maybe this is a good perspective. What have you seen of the project and how it's changed? Sure. Um, well, uh, the, the showing at Lush was probably the, the first time that I thought, oh, okay, I'm interacting with like a quote unquote finished product. Um, and that was really that was really great to to see. It was very different than how I how I expected it to to turn out. There's just the photographs and the way they looked and the way they were shot. I think mostly because stylistically, right, they were like a little bit different than mm -hmm. than what we had done. Um, but that was exciting. Um, it was exciting to also see like all of my friends uh, <laughs> and yeah. their faces like up in um, up in the neighborhood bar. Uh, 
and I was surprised by I was surprised by how large the photographs were um and that was really that was really striking and it seemed like a really important stylistic choice to me to be like you know to interact with these these large faces that were just like making very intentional eye contact with you it was it was really cool um and that's important to note because when I worked with you uh, when I started the project, and again, it was through the photos that I did with you that, mm-hmm. that, that it began, everyone was sitting on a stool, and there was just a black background. Mm-hmm. Um, and about a year into the project, uh, I started to realize, okay, I could do something with these photos, and that could grab people's attention. So it's not just to show, like, originally, it was, a, it was just a clean-cut portrait, right. and it was done with my, like commercial slash stark lighting Mm -hmm. but um i I realized i could do something a lot more invigorating i don't know something that's going to really force people to pay attention Mm -hmm. and it was through another interview that i did where i actually did separate portraits of somebody where I, i i took that that headshot um and it was I wasn't shooting it for the project, but after I did that shoot, I saw that and I was like, this is something. So that is what, that's the main reason I'm having you come back here today because I really, I like need you to be part of the gallery (laughs) Mm -hmm. because like you were the the big part of what started this, you know? Mm. Um, So I'm excited to take your picture for that. Me too. So what made you decide to do the project originally? And again, like all of these questions that I'm going to ask you, they're kind of like, it's a little different asking you because you were the first, the first person. Mm-hmm. So I'm really like, I want to get into, into that idea, you know? Yeah. So what made you do it originally and what made you come back? Um, I think originally I was really, uh, I was very partial to the idea that it was an educational project, um, that it would educate a, like a, a constituency of people that I have always had trouble educating or interacting with, um, and trying to like exp- you know trying to explain concept like concepts of gender and um, how people identify and why it's important. And I feel like in a lot of ways I had kind of given up um trying and so when i heard that you know with that you were gonna do this educational project i was really interested in that because i was like well i could contribute to this and um you who are is maybe better positioned and like more willing to educate the general population i was like this is a way i can interact with this that feels good to me and feels within my capacity to do um so that was probably the original impetus Um, and then, I mean, I came back, I think I still have kind of the same, um, the same motivation to continue this like educational moment that's happening. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in it. Um, and I think that the, you know, seeing now that the project is really effective at like reaching, um, a general population is really exciting and invigorating. And so makes me want to contribute more to it if I can great now we'll go into like the regular questions that I ask to everyone now sure um, I don't remember how many questions I had for you originally but I guarantee I asked the questions differently sure so I might emphasize <laughs> if I remember how I used to ask these questions I might emphasize that when I'm asking them and I think if you're willing like that's I think that's important to understand uh, for people to understand there's a right and a wrong way to ask people questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like you said originally about your pronouns. You accept any respectful pronouns. That's a huge thing that I've learned from this project. Mm-hmm. Um, Yoni, would there ever be a time that you would be upset if someone asked you your pronouns? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think for me in a social situation, if someone asks me my pronouns, it signifies that they have a desire to be intentional about how they want to address me. Um, they want to, uh, you know, create like a good 
well-rounded relationship in that social situation. So, you know, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> so this is the next question that I've always, that I've learned to ask people through these interviews is actually one that right now I'm trying to figure out the best way of asking it differently. So I'm going to ask you this question mm -hmm. in the way that I've always asked it <laughs> and we'll see how you answer, but then sure. I'll, I'll tell you why I, if you don't already know, I'll tell you why I, I'm trying to change it. Yeah. So the question is, how much responsibility do you think should be put on others to ask you your pronouns or for you to tell others your pronouns? Say it again. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that you should have to tell people your pronouns or that people should have to ask you your pronouns? Um, I mean, I think it should be a shared responsibility. <laughs> uh, if you... If you feel strongly about how people should address you, um, there, I mean, you should take some responsibility for making sure everyone's on the same page. Um, but people, I think, also should, you know, when they're new to a social situation, should take a moment, should step back and um, ask who's in the room and how they want to be addressed. So, you know. We should share the responsibility. And your answer is why I want to change the, the wording of it all, mm -hmm. because I've actually had someone say uh, there's not responsibility to be nice to somebody. Responsibility is a hard is, is, is the word that makes that question unique, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and um, my questions have adapted over time uh, to respect that 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 concept of like both sides so a lot of my questions have always started out with the idea of someone who doesn't understand or have not educated themselves about gender mm -hmm. so to someone who hasn't taken that time to think about this they think of that as a responsibility oh i have to do this right now i have to do this right um so that's that's where i'm trying to figure out how i can better ask that question but i'll, I'll tell you what the the new question might be and tell me what you think of this yeah. If everyone in the world understood the fluidity of gender and the importance of asking, of asking and respecting someone's gender, what do you think would be ideal for when people meet and introduce themselves? Would, would everyone say their pronouns? Would people ask what pronouns someone use? Um, would it be the exact same way as people ask someone's name? Yeah. I mean, so that... That question to me is more pointed towards imagining and creating like a like a social convention around um, communicating each other's pronouns, right? I think there's like a lot of social situations where you like don't need to use gendered language to address one another or to ask each other questions. Um, so it, like I can I can imagine lots of social situations when you don't need to like share each other's pronouns because you're only going to be interacting for like 10 seconds you're getting your coffee and you're going um and in that case the the educational part and the awareness needs to come around like the use of like highly gendered language when you're dealing um with people that you don't know very well right and so why it might not be appropriate to be like uh like you know do you need do you need cream with your coffee dude like was it <laughs> You know, was it necessary to use, uh, like, to use the word dude in this interaction? Mm -hmm. Or could we just, could you just give me the half and half and, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me be on my way? <laughs> well, and I haven't talked about it this way before, but maybe the question should really be, is there any difference between asking someone their name and asking them their pronouns? So in that interaction, someone wouldn't say, you wouldn't say, uh can I have some cream for my coffee? And then they say, can I ask you your name? I want to be able to know what your name is before I give you cream, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think people, there might be an idea that it's like never okay to assume anything about anyone. And I don't really subscribe to that idea. I think that we make um, assumptions that are like automatic about people all the time. It's kind of inescapable. But... Um, I think you'll run up into problems when you make an assumption about somebody and then and then behave in a way 
or behave based off that assumption and it goes it's gonna get um you'll run into a conflict socially with someone that's when that's the moment when it would have been useful right to have the knowledge of like how do i address this person how do they want to be addressed um when we've gotten to like that point in the in our relationship where we're like yeah you do need to know how i identify if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about me or like um to somebody else or if you're going to talk um Mm-hmm. about me to me mm-hmm. <laughs> while I'm in the room I want you to know right um, how I see myself yeah so maybe it's really about if there's if there's a chance that you could disrespect someone by not asking then you definitely should right right and it all it goes back to the idea of like if you want to respect someone and you know that like that's going to do that mm-hmm. then that's you you should do that <laughs> right um, so you said that you accept he, she, they pronouns as long as they are respectfully, mm-hmm. as long as people are respectful by, uh, by giving those. Is there any instances when you use other pronouns or have you ever thought about using other pronouns? I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen the most up to date, like roster of all the possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I suppose I would be open. I say open to other options. I don't know. They is just like such a lovely um, umbrella pronoun mm-hmm. for me. And I know that a lot of people don't like, you know, are want to be very specific about what pronouns they use and receive. But um, I'm really into like a universal they, right? Until something else has been established. Yeah. Well, and some people, <clears throat> I, I have yet to interview someone who is gender nonconforming who does not accept they them pronouns i mean mm-hmm. that's what the project is called so i'm sure anyone that's agreeing to do it uh has at least thought about that there are people they now use binary pronouns right um but I, yeah i think it's interesting that in this project i mean ultimately the the only rule is that you had you have to currently or previously use gender nonconforming pronouns but i have yet to have anyone who does not accept they them pronouns sure um, why don't you why don't you give the the your 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 journey your story sure. and also I'm I am really curious about the fact that you brought up that things have changed and that maybe they have come back to what they were I, yeah. I want to know what that <laughs> meant so <clears throat> um, I mean I think I have always experimented with gender even since I was um, a small child um, but. The concept of using um, a pronoun other than the one that I had used forever didn't really hit me until I was about 22. I'm 29 now. And I remember it happened when I encountered someone who used they, them pronouns. And I had a, at the time, I think I had a, probably a pretty similar reaction um, that you had with your um, with the one model that you were shooting, right? And they said they use they them pronouns, and you have this like reaction of like, well, I've never heard, like, what do you mean they <laughs> like? Um, can you do that? Is that allowed? Like, you know, all these questions. Um, a really like visceral reaction to something simple, like the way um, someone identified, and so that to me was kind of like an internal red flag for me that there was a knowledge lapse in my own um in my own self about like uh how if if, like if other people could identify that way i had never really interrogated why i used he him pronouns at the time um so that that happened when i was 22 um i didn't start using they them pronouns really until i was about 27 i think for a long time it was just i wanted to be i wanted to use he him or she her pronouns and it was based off of knowing that you could use they them knowing that i could use they them i kind of put it to the side for a while and i just wanted to use that like the the very bifurcated 
he or she, like, based off how I was presenting. Uh-huh. Um, and, for, I mean, for a long time, that kind of mirrored the way I was interacting with gender presentation. I was either doing this or either doing that. And as I got older, it all just started to bleed together, and it became less coherent to me. So they, them pronouns made a lot more sense, I think, um, as I got older. So you you said that since we interviewed last time that there there's been a process for you. Did you did you answer that through through your? I mean, I guess the the process was trying. I mean, I had a lot of resistance to using they them pronouns, and I think because to me it signified a kind of like. Um, it's, it signified a, a desire to engage with this like genteel, politically correct okay. um, way of like addressing each other, and that like it didn't appeal to me to um, to interact with that. But I don't know. I guess I like I like let go of that a little bit more. The more that I talked to people who use those kinds of pronouns and. The more, the more the way I interacted with gender presentation um, became less, less coherent along a binary, the more they, them pronouns made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, it's so interesting because these questions that I'm looking at in front of me here, I can remember, I'm remembering now your interview more, um, because and these are these are questions that I've oh one of your questions of is how many people I've interviewed I think it's around thirty now, mm-hmm. um, and so these questions are what I ask everybody and again it really started with how you answered the questions for how I now ask these questions and it's, <laughs> it's really it's really fascinating to me because one of the questions that I've learned to ask everyone is to give an example of a time that somebody challenged your gender. And an example that someone validated it. I remember mm-hmm. you saying, I think it was you, that you were talking about going to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And just to have someone um, ask your pronouns or they use they, them pronouns to you and how that made you feel. I started to understand why, how, how important that is. And it, the, the question's important because it, it puts people in that place mm-hmm. of how that does feel. So can you, can you in the last year, have there, is there any other examples that you can give? And maybe it has to do with, um, I mean, you said before that you were, you were uh, wanting to be described or looked at as either male or female for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, in that process, how, have, how, how has there been maybe a time that someone did not show you that respect? Mm-hmm. The I guess the more that I got to know non-binary people, and sp- like specifically more trans people, the more I was able to um, empathize with the the real pain that is caused by being misgendered. I think that that was an emotion that I was not, I, I didn't understand like why it was such a big deal, right? Like to be misgendered because, um, because of, you know, like my own beliefs about like gender being, you know, gender's fluid, it's illusory, doesn't really matter, right? We're all just kind of making, um, we're all just kind of making um, identifications with these like, with these um, unstable concepts. So why does it even matter Like if someone misgenders you? But I think as I've gotten older, the more people I know have gotten to know who are non-binary, it's easier for me to now to see how easy and how what a s- small but powerful gesture it is to ask someone how they identify and how they'd like to be addressed. Um, that it's, I sort of feel like, well, why not? Like, why not add, like, make that a social convention if it makes people feel feel seen and feel validated in a very profound way? Like, why not just incorporate that? 
it takes like two seconds to do Mm -hmm. right and it can make a a world of difference um so just yeah i think like you know seeing um seeing the pain that being misgendered has caused people i think has kind of brought me to um to being more open to just doing like any kind of social convention that's going to make people feel good Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically well, before we uh, turned on the microphone, we were talking about some changes that are going on with you professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, if you, if you're willing, can you say what you have been doing? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm in graduate school right now at St. Kate's for occupational therapy. Um, it's a field of medicine that's similar to physical therapy, um, but deals a lot more with like. Um, like rehabilitating people to get back to their functional tasks. Um, So for example, a big um, functional task that um, occupational therapists help people get back to is like um, dressing themselves or grooming themselves. Uh, It can be really debilitating for someone if they go through some kind of accident or some kind of um, trauma that takes away their ability to like dress themselves or um, groom themselves Um, and in my own practice uh, I have always wanted to bring a lot of intentionality behind all of the the um, gendered baggage that goes behind like how someone would like to dress themselves or how someone would like to groom themselves Um, so the more that I engaged as a as a medical practitioner with concepts of like you know your your care should be client centered or you should you know you should help the client do what they want to do i think that bled over a little bit into my life too just um you know taking the other person's lead on the things that they want and need to do we're talking about caring about people, like caring about what is going to make someone feel good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so easy, especially like in the, in the medical field to just kind of be very formulaic about mm-hmm. the way you provide treatment to people. Fill out the check boxes, basically. Exactly. And it's just so obvious that people are more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And so any way that I, as a practitioner, could like bring, bring that client-centered approach to the way I was providing treatments was I I could see that in my patients like um, see that uh, making them feel validated building trust between like client and provider and ultimately making the treatments more effective so taking that therapeutic principle and applying it it, it was really easy to apply that to like my social life as well well the questions usually are asked so that people can talk about instances for themselves. I mean, you've already answered that before. I did explain why that was important, but maybe based on what yours, what you do, maybe there's been a time where respecting someone's pronouns has made a big difference to somebody that you can give an example of for someone else. Has that happened with you? Sure. Yeah, I... Um, so I was working at, um, I was working at an inpatient psych ward for HCMC and we do this, um, we do this like cognitive assessment where we, um, give the patient like all these different tasks and kind of watch them do the tasks and, um, to assess, um, their like, uh, cognitive abilities and there's there's like a bunch of standardized tools that they use in these settings and one um one that was created here has a task that is like you go you go to a closet you tell the patient okay it's is raining outside today what are you gonna pick from this closet to wear and they're supposed to pick a rain jacket right (laughs) um that tells you a little bit about um a, a person's ability to plan for the future um, but in this standardized ass- assessment, if they pick, oh, you know, if they pick a, a quote unquote woman's jacket and they are a quote unquote man, then you have to, uh, you have to chalk that up to, um, like a cognitive uh-huh. 
mistake or yep. disability. And so right away, right in my mind, I'm like, well, that is transphobic. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> to say that if some, you know, like to, to identify gender as a stable category and then any deviance from it is, is punished or pathologized um, is a problem for me. <laughs> um, so I had this patient who um, identified as male and chose a woman's jacket. And I didn't, I didn't mark it down because I was like, okay, this is a woman's rain jacket. That's so fine. identified as male? He identified as male, yeah. Um, chose a woman's jacket. And then the, I had the, the staff um, in the psych ward be like, well, you're supposed to like mark down for that. And, you know, I was like, well, here's Just why. to be clear, um, so he would, he had, he identified, you know that he, at that time you knew that he identified as male or yep. that he was identified as male. That he did identify. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Because we had that interaction beforehand. Like, how would you like me to address you? What pronouns do you use? Okay. Great. Um, yeah, I definitely try to incorporate that little piece into um, into my treatments. Um, and so I think advocating that he should not be penalized for for choosing a woman's jacket. Um, so advocating on his behalf to the staff, I know, you know, raised a conversation about gender in general mm-hmm. and gender specifically in the way we use this like standardized tool, whether or not this standardized tool is useful anymore, whether it's outdated, things like that. Um, I know that that made a difference in the way that he was receiving care at that time and brought an awareness about um, gender variance mm-hmm. for the staff there too. Yeah, I mean, the idea, like medically, how 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 there's a whole nother layer to everything there based on what um, basically filling out applications, um, what you the options that you're given, mm-hmm. and how that can affect people as well. Um, well, I think that's. That's really cool that you're not just giving people the respect that they deserve in your field, but you're also getting other people to think about that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's like my 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 big thing I wanted to talk about with you, because the a a lot of these other questions that I've come up with through interviewing people, starting with you, are things that I was like, okay, I, I get the concept of this, but I don't know the what is the most respectful way of asking these questions, or if there's the best way of asking these questions. Um, but something that I learned from you that I had no idea existed for trans plus people is how important a name can be. So I don't know if you've listened to any of the interviews since, but... Um, I've probably in at least a third of the interviews talked about how one of the very first people that I asked these questions to, um, I had known of a pre of a name that they had given me before, Mm -hmm. but then it was you when you came in and you introduced yourself as Yoni. Um, I, during, when you gave me your name, I didn't know what was going on. Like I, (laughs) I had no idea what that meant. And I was, I was like literally confused at that time but but at the same time i understood okay now this is important and i don't understand it um but anyways you you taught me the importance of 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 names Mm -hmm. for for anyone so i want i don't know i guess i guess you i want you to talk about how a name is important so what does yoni represent to you for me yoni is like a kind of it's it's kind of a resistance and a joke at the same time for me that is um, encapsulates uh, what I would call like my political stance towards um, what how to respond to the question of like how do you identify your gender um, so yoni is is Sanskrit 
for vagina. Um, both like literally and like the metaphorical, like the figurative, like cosmic feminine energy. Um, like the yoni is also like a concept that's been very much co-opted by like, like white tea drinking, yoga practicing <laughs> um, people. Um, so on the one hand, to like, it's a it's a joke in my mind because um, so I'm I'm half Nepalese. Uh, so on the one hand, it's like a reclaiming of this like Sanskrit concept for for my own use from these like tea drinking yoga doing people. Um, on the one on the other hand, it's also a tip of the hat to gender variance because of vagina I have not, but maybe cosmic femininity I have. <laughs> um, and then I just think. It's just, it's funny to me too. <laughs> um, and I love saying it with a completely 100% serious attitude towards people um, who know what it is. And like, <laughs> um, I like seeing the moment of confusion in their eyes uh, when that rolls off my tongue. Uh, I feel like it mirrors the confusion that I've always felt around my gender and my body. <laughs> and I feel like that's an important confusion for people to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's maybe the background around around my the name that I use. It, it like sounds, I don't know, poetic, the idea of watching someone do that with your name. <laughs> um, but what I didn't know about was the idea of birth names, dead names, uh, yeah. and I didn't know um, how important it was to never ask that um, unless someone is giving you that information. Yeah. So I guess it's appropriate to ask you what importance Yoni has over any other name. Do you do you go strictly by Yoni now? No, I have a bunch of names um, that I go by. I mean, there's also like the mechanical piece of like Yoni is easy to say. It's easy for people to remember. It's easy to spell. Um um, whereas uh, my my birth name, which is not dead to me, but um, yeah, I want this yeah. is where I want I want to I want to know what all of this represents to you, um, just because it, it was a start of a of a lot for me. I don't know to to ask people all of this. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious in the least. I mean, I think it starts for me. It starts a conversation, right, about how. Um, how we should address one another. Um, if you if if you are um, introducing yourself to someone, or they're introducing themselves to you, and you say Yoni, would you be upset if someone said, "Is that your real name?" <laughs> um, no, I'd I'd have that reaction. I would laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would say. You're damn right. It's my name. Yeah, yeah. And also, why, why should it matter? Why are you not right. trusting what I say? Exactly. Like, maybe that's the real question. But that, like, that question—the question that I just asked you—I would never ask somebody else in this interview yeah. unless they are giving me more information, like you have just given. Right. right? Um, are there times when you use your birth name, and is it that? And in those times, would you be upset if someone called you Yoni? <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's an interesting scenario. That hasn't come up yet, but I could imagine it mm -hmm. happening. I so I definitely I do use my birth name for like professional okay um, interactions um, and legal documents. I guess um, in in school and clinic, like I'll use my birth name, um, and uh, in those situations, if someone called me Yoni, I'd be like. How did you know that? Like, uh -huh. how did you know that? Like, people call me that because it. I, I guess I kind of compartmentalize a, a lot of aspects of my life, and so that's you know, telling people different names is a way for me to also kind of organize how I'm um, compartmentalizing uh, sections of my life. So I have my like career life over here that in clinic and school where I use my birth name, 
I have like my um, I have like my close circle of friends and they have pet names for me um, and I have um, and then I have like Yoni for like my kind of run-of-the-mill name that I'm using uh, when I have social interactions around Minneapolis so professionally you use your birth name mm-hmm but so what do you do you what pronouns do you use professionally? <laughs> um, I say when I'm professionally, um, I I'll say he he or they. Okay. Yeah. And most of that is to have an educational moment because in the medical industrial complex, like these are conversations that are kind of happening at a surface level. But I like to signify to like other providers, to teachers, students, um, and to clients that like, you know, you can, we can talk about gender variance. I'm a, like, I, I will have that conversation with you. Um, I will ask you your pronouns. I'll, I engage with gender variance. So please, by all means, do. If someone is having a hard time remembering pronouns, uh, names or gender definitions, what suggestions do you have for someone who wants to be able to do this and respect other people? Mm. That's such a real question. <laughs> because for someone who is not, right, like well versed in <clears throat> like the language of gender variance and like how to, um, you know, for someone who's been using he or she it's like a huge learning curve to start like asking people their pronouns, remembering them and like using them um, while the person's in the room, out of the room, like consistently all the time. So I like have a lot of commiseration for anyone like struggling with that. Um, but I mean, I think like if you have trouble remembering, I think it's okay to, I think it's okay to ask people a couple times. But I also think that, you know, you should do your due diligence in trying to remember. So if you have trouble remembering, maybe, like, write it down. Um, and this is maybe more difficult to do in, like, this in, in your social life. But I feel like for someone like an office manager, it's, like, really important, right, to know how your employees want to be addressed. And if you have trouble, if you have 30 employees and you can't really get all their pronouns straight, then you should probably, like, write it down. Mm-hmm. It won't take that long. And, um, and it'll make a lot of difference, right? So. For, for me, a big change of understanding what someone can do is to really consider how, what, it, I mean, what we've been talking about the whole time, how you're going to care about someone, how you're going to respect somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you really care and want to respect somebody, it's actually not that hard after that, you know, (laughs) because you understand how important it is. Yeah. Um, what can trans allies do to make the world a better place for trans and non-binary people away from just respecting their pronouns? Yeah. Educating other cis people, I think is, is huge, right? So if you identify as cisgender, you enjoy a certain amount of um, amount of privilege in you know running through the world, um, have you know identifying with the gender you were assigned at birth that gives you a certain level of privilege. And so, with that privilege, I think you can help educate people who are struggling with um, either the language or just conceptually um, gender variance. Um. So that so that trans and non-binary people don't have to because <laughs> right what happens is like we are often we're like seen as um, gender deviants and so we become the natural response is for someone who doesn't understand right is to start asking questions but those questions can like maybe sometimes. Me personally, I like sometimes I'm in a place where I can answer those questions and other times I'm maybe not in an emotional place where I can answer those questions or I'm not in a place where it's like physically safe to answer those questions or to out myself as like um, a gender variant person. 
So for cis people, I think if you can educate other cis people, that's really helpful because it takes the burden off trans people who have enough on their plates Mm -hmm. already. (laughs) Well, in your answer and through all these questions, answers through this interview, it's just, again, it, it like sparks these things that have come up and have been these huge light bulb moments. And for some things, literally life changing concepts to me you talked about privilege mm-hmm. and that's where this pro- this project is kind of going on a personal level for me mm-hmm. i mean this project is about the people that i interview but um what i have learned about privilege uh it, it gets me emotional to talk about it sure um but along those lines i mean this is another question where i'm wanting to figure out the best way to ask the question because I said um, trans allies. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times um, when I'm talking about allies in in these interviews, some people have said, well, let's talk about allies. What is an ally? Because ultimately um, your response is is, is perfect because an ally is somebody that sticks up for people. Like this is is kind of the gist of what, Mm -hmm. what I've learned and my opinion now, uh, is an ally is somebody that, exactly what you're talking about, they stick up for something, um, not just respect it. Like, that's being a nice person. Yeah. And that's another thing <laughs> that I've learned. Like, you shouldn't consider yourself special because you're respecting somebody's pronouns. Um, but you, if, you, if you really want to help people, and a lot of times people who have less privilege than you, then you have to stick up for something. And that is that is when changes are made. Yeah. I've always kind of said that I would I would rather have an accomplice than an ally. Or I would like prefer an accomplice, right? Someone who not only will like respect me and the choices that I've made about my own body, but someone who will also help me in fighting this good fight <laughs> as well. Right. So Taking the time out of, um, if you come from a place of privilege, taking time out of, uh, out of whatever you're doing to like contribute to the cause, um, is much more impactful. Yeah. And yeah. What advice do you have for youth who are questioning their gender identity? Don't listen to old birds like me. (laughs) Listen to yourself. Um... Because ultimately, right, like this is, it's your body and it will ultimately be your choice, what you want to do with it. And so, you know, get, get good at like listening to your heart and following through on it. Cause that's, what's going to probably make the most difference for you. Do you have any advice for parents who have youth who are questioning their gender? listen I think to what um, to what your kids have to say to what the children have to say Um, know that you know culture and society changes faster than than us adults can like keep up with it and that's okay and it will require a little bit of letting go of how we want other people to be. Um, That's so true, I think, with kids. I don't have kids, um, but I think that if I did, it would probably be a real challenge to not not coerce them into being the person that I want them to be, right? I think that's a huge challenge um, because I want a little clone of myself that will, that will like complete all of, the things that I never got to do, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, um, if you create another being, then they are going to be an autonomous entity. So you got to just get used to that. Okay, so I always like to end each interview uh, giving people the chance to promote anything that they have going on. So you had mentioned being a occupational therapist. Therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I also know that you do other stuff. So yeah. do you want to talk about that and where people can connect with you? Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I So um, I'm an occupational therapist, but I'm also um, a DJ, uh, a choreographer, um, a writer. Um, I have... Um, I write a lot about um, my life, but also um, about culture and uh, society. So um, if you would like to look up any of my writing, I would encourage you to go to my website. You can find it at jptamang.com. Um, and you can find all my writing there. And I encourage you to engage with... Um, with my squawks. <laughs> is there anything else you would like to say to anyone listening? Gender is so mysterious, and I, you know, I love that you're doing this project, um, and I am looking forward to like engaging with all the multiple perspectives that people have on gender. It's like um, the the question that still haunts me really to this day. Right, is not so much a question of how do you do how do people identify their gender but why we identify our gender at all like um knowing what what we know that it like in the same way <clears throat> that like race is kind of like a constructed concept we know that gender is not a stable concept it's not uh, not something real and yet it feels so important to us so um i look forward to thinking about that more <laughs> and getting other people's perspectives because I'm sick of my own. So, <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Yoni, a second time. Thank you. <laughs> it's like a, a big cycle, a circle, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll have you come back in a year or two again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what the project's become yeah. at that point. Yeah. So remember, this project is created to be shared by everyone who listens. You, the person who is listening to this podcast right now, share the project uh, just by using your social media and telling others why they should listen. Use the website theythemproject.org and click the share links that are provided on the homepage and each person's interview. It takes two seconds, but it makes a huge difference. Thank you all for listening.